0: everybody. I'm Gary Ebersol. Richard Kipling here. And I'm Randy Schultz. Welcome to Camp Codger, a podcast for people in their golden years. Join us to hear rocking chair wisdom from three old guys.
1: Hello, campers. We're here at the Camp Codger Studios in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And today we're going to talk about music. Specifically, we're going to talk about the best bands and musical artists of the 1960s in our musical universe as codgers the 1960s are the big bang it's when rock stars became rock gods and it's when classic rock was born of course nothing exists in a vacuum and many of the groundbreaking artists of the 60s borrowed heavily from the artists who came before them and the 1960s wasn't one decade it was actually more like two half decades That's because in 1964, a little band from England called The Beatles changed popular music forever. So let's all pile into the old VW van and drive down memory lane with the windows rolled down and the radio cranked up. We're going to start our journey by talking about our own personal discoveries of popular music. But before we do that, I believe we've got a Codger moment from Richard. Richard, is that true? Oh,
2: yes. Hi there. My wife, Allison, and I just come back from a long vacation and looked in the refrigerator and we needed food and drink. So she dispatched me to the store with a long list of things to repopulate our food world. I'm driving over to the store, but for some reason, all I could think about was that wonderful loaf of bread from a bakery that is a favorite. And I was going to the store and I ended up at the bakery. I'd forgotten all about going to the store and just went into the bakery, bought the bread and started to head home when I suddenly went, oh my God, I've got to go to the store. (laughs) So that's my cadre moment. That's great. I think we've all done
1: some version of that, haven't we? Counselors, why don't we talk about music? Richard, what was the first band or musical artist that made an impact on your life?
2: All right. I got, I got two answers to that. The first one is when I was a preteen or early teen and Johnny Mathis was on the radio singing some danceable ballad. And it was early on in my romantic life, <laughs> very early, where I was afraid to be around girls, but I was at a dance and had to dance. And I danced with a girl I liked to Johnny Mathis. So that's one memory. Now, the more recent one not that much more recent, was in 1964. You mentioned the Beatles coming over and invading America. I saw the Beatles in Europe before they invaded America. I was in Denmark as an exchange student. I had a girlfriend that I had kind of, anyway, she worked at the biggest hotel in in Copenhagen. And she said, you aren't going to believe it, but a very popular rock group is staying at the hotel and I know how we can get to see them up close and personal. To make a long story short, she led me to the garage entrance to the hotel, and at the appointed hour, the four Beatles walked out within six inches of me, and I said, hi guys, that's all I could say, but I saw up close and personal the four Beatles in 1964.
1: That is so cool. very cool. I didn't know that, Richard. That blows me out of the water. I got no stories now.
0: (laughs) I didn't have any to begin with. (laughs) I'll answer that question. I'll pick it up from there. So the first influential music, and I'm going to go with music because in my house, the parents played country music. In a sense, my influence, and it was a counter-influence, because later in life, I learned to love country music. But during the 60s, I hated it, because we couldn't listen to anything else but that damn country music. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my first musical influence, is deciding I hated country music.
1: Well, there is a difference in our ages, and so I have the 1964 Ed Sullivan oh. Show story. And honest to goodness, I was nine years old when the the Beatles were first on TV. I remember it was such an event. Our neighbors and my family got together to watch the Ed Sullivan show, something we had never done together, all because of these crazy long-haired kids from from England. And so that's the first memory of of popular music. You know, the impact of music started for me right there.
2: And Randy, did you... Ask your parents if you could get a record of theirs after you saw them on Ed Sullivan? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: absolutely. I had my mom go out and buy the number one single, I Want to Hold Your Hand, backed by, I Saw Her Standing oh, There. Yeah. But that was the first record I ever owned.
0: I found it. I had different eras in the 60s. You said there was two half decades? Absolutely. In my world, it was almost three periods that music had a role in my life. That early part of the 60s, the rhythm and blues guys, you know, the Chuck Berries, yes, the, oh yes. the Buddy Hollies, the Elvises mm-hmm. were very significant in the early mm-hmm. 60s. By the time it got to the mid 60s, for me, that totally changed because what changes, I had a car with a radio. And now I could listen to anything I wanted as long as I was ah, in the car. Yes. And what was your station of yes. choice? Do you remember it? KJR in Seattle. KTOP, Topeka, Kansas. KHJ, <laughs> Los oh, that's Angeles. a great one. That was a great station. Oh, but when you get it, when I got into the mid '60s and had a car or the radio, it was the Beach Boys. The surfer stuff versus the Beatles and the English invasion was still forming. It wasn't really definitively the Beatles era. There were the Beach Boys so and the was Jan and Dean, those two groups. Jan and Dean, the Beach Boys, but Good Vibrations. Oh, boy. I, I swear that is the one song that is kind of burned into my mind. You'll never forget the opening riffs of Good Vibrations.
2: One other one, California Girls. Oh, yeah. You remember that? And you're the boy uh, from Topeka. I was, And I would be in Topeka, and I would hear that song, and I would be just pining to get back to California.
1: Well, you know, anywhere in America, I think we as Americans discovered surfing in about 1963. We have the Beach Boys to thank for that. One of the impacts of, of 60s music and 60s musical artists is that they – introduced us to things we didn't know about. They were influencing society in a way I don't think it had ever happened before.
2: Shoes, clothes, remember vans? I mean, vans, people all wanted to wear vans, California shoes.
0: Speaking of surfers, I discovered really late in life one of the key influences on Surfer music was a guy named Dick Dale. Yes. Oh, yeah. If you ever heard his riffs, some of his songs, they just strike you as, oh, my God, that was the core of surfer music. He was called the king of surfer guitar.
1: So did you guys ever want to be in a band? Did it get to the point in your life where music was so popular and so important that you thought about being in a band? There
2: was only one reason. I I never thought about being in a band because I couldn't sing and I didn't have an instrument that I could play. The thing that drew me toward bands was how all the girls wanted to be with guys in the bands.
0: Oh, yeah. Of course, there's no other reason. (laughs) It was
2: just a magnet for women.
0: Actually, I wanted to be in a band for about a week. I got a guitar one Christmas. I think I was 15 years old, and I decided I was going to play the guitar. After about a week, I realized I'm never going to be able to play this thing.
2: And I could be in a band because the only instrument I ever played or learned to play was the clarinet, and there weren't a lot of rock clarinets around.
1: (laughs) You could have been the first rock clarinetist. Man, the world lost out.
0: You were just pursuing the wrong girls. The girls that liked those jazz bands, like uh. the clarinet players. They were pretty cool. Yeah. Come mm. on, Richard. I didn't you, know. I was clueless. You were. You had California surfing on your mind. Uh. All
1: right. So we've mentioned the Beach Boys. We've mentioned
0: the Beatles. What else from the 60s? The late 60s kind of became the era of the, the anti-war movement in the music that was all geared around being hippies. Creedence Clearwater Revival, Paul Simon, Jefferson Simon Garfun- Jefferson
2: Airplane, <laughs> Jefferson couldn't Airplane, get more hippie than that.
0: Janis Joplin, but you, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, I mean there was all that late sixties music, and that was another shift in the decade because you went through for, for music and the early Beatles to the late Beatles. But I got to tell you, Randy, it's such a
2: bad question. Who are your favorites? <laughs> I look, I cheated. I looked up the, the top songs of the 60s, top 60 bands. I can't choose among these 60 or 70 bands they list. They're fantastic artists. Just incredible. Yeah. Both genders. God, do you think about the women that came out in the 60s? The Carol King's and the Janice Joplins and the Joni Mitchell, Joan Baez. There are different favorites for different activities. Driving. You want something that has some throom to it. So you pick something by the stones, maybe. Romance? I don't think you pick the stones for romance. You pick something else. You pick Smokey Robinson or Marvin Gaye, soft Marvin Gaye, something like that. You know what?
1: It doesn't matter because it's all great music. It is all great music.
0: There is no one perfect music that describes the 60s. No, there isn't. You're right. You're right. You're exactly right. Yeah. When I was doing my research for this, I kept going to those favorites of mine and they kept drifting into the early 70s mm-hmm. right if you were right. looking at a decade you say 65 to 75 was really interesting decade. Yes. but if you wanted a kind of a cohesive period that defined a generation 65 to 75 was much stronger yeah.
1: yeah absolutely absolutely i read a critic one time who said the 60s was so volatile and so explosive in no other time period could you go in a four-year span from Puff the Magic Dragon, Peter, Paul, and Mary, to Are You Experienced by the Jimi uh, Hendrix. Music was such an influence on our lives. Do you remember the first concert you went to? I
2: absolutely do. It was in Santa Barbara. I was a junior in college. Went to a concert that had the opening act was Buffalo Springfield, and the central act was The Doors. And the doors were unbelievable. Just played the roof off of the place.
0: Gary, how about you? Were you a concert goer? You know, I hate crowds, honest to God. And so I never went to a concert until I was 50. And I listened to the Stones in the Oakland Arena. It was a huge crowd, and it was a huge performance. But I realized it was was a little out of place. It felt weird, to be perfectly honest. It was a very orderly older crowd. This wasn't a raucous, (laughs) because we're all 50 years old at minimum (laughs) listening to the Stones. So it's... Aside from beating each other with our walkers, we were probably <laughs> a pretty... <laughs> That goes out. We can't offend anybody with the walker. No,
1: no, no. That stays in.
0: <laughs> and then I've been to a couple of concerts since. But I'm still not a big fan of crowds.
2: How about you, Randy?
0: I remember
1: the first concert I got to go to with a couple of friends. We were 16 or 17 and we drove from suburban LA, Mm -hmm. the San Fernando Valley, to downtown Inglewood at the Forum to Mm. see Chicago. That was a big deal. Driving at night, three teenagers, out on the loose, look out. (laughs) The flip side is what Richard talked about, the communal nature of a concert. There's such an energy there, there's such a a vibe. And the best example of that I ever saw in my life was in the 70s when I saw the the Rolling Stones. Mm. I think it was at the same venue. I think it was the Forum. So, you know, the basketball arena that holds over 15,000 people. Honestly, the band was okay. The band, for me, has always sounded much better recorded than live. But the energy of the crowd was unbelievable. And it was the first time I ever went to a concert where it was assigned seating, right? Nothing new about that. But nobody in the entire audience ever sat down. The (laughs) entire show was standing up, dancing and grooving and yelling and moving around. It was the energy of the crowd that was the best part of that that show. You know, I was going to ask what our favorite bands are from that era now. I've already been shot down. (laughs) Well,
0: that's actually a good question because I think there's multiple eras and multiple favorites. And multiple experiences. Because of one experience, one of my favorite artists is Rod Stewart.
2: I was on a bike trip, biking all the way up the California coast to Mendocino. We pulled into this uh, campground and this person was playing a Rod Stewart album. And it haunted me all through the rest of the trip. And I remember Rod Stewart is implanted in my brain because of that singular experience. Maggie, Maggie, Maggie May. May, and May, and Mandolin Wind.
1: All right. So, but instead of, of talking about our favorite bands that everybody has heard of. Is there a a band or Mm. musical artist that you kind of gravitated to, even though they weren't the most popular? Yes, absolutely. They weren't the Beatles. They weren't the Stones. They weren't the Doors. Somebody that could have been famous, but not top five.
0: I had one. In fact, it was my very first album. When I got married (laughs) in the late 60s, the first thing we did was buy a stereo. And the first album we ever bought was Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Oh,
2: nice. And not
0: everybody cared for the Blood, Sweat, and Tears. In fact, it was considered a little avant-garde. That was in my hip phase, not my hippie phase. In my hip phase, it was Blood, Sweat, and Tears and Miles Davis' and Bitches Brew, which is a little bit on the edgy side, too. Back right, edgy, edgy jazz. And then you move into another phase of your life, the hippie phase, <laughs> and suddenly your music changes. It's yes. the band. Creedence Clearwater Revival, singing Run Through the Jungle, the <laughs> anthem.
2: All right, I got one. Mm -hmm. Leon Russell. Oh, that's a good one. Tightrope and Masquerade. Haunting, haunting songs. And a haunting looking guy with that silver hair down to his waist. Mm -hmm. What about you,
0: Randy?
1: The band that I liked that wasn't 100% mainstream, although they had hit songs in the 60s, were The Kings. Oh,
0: love The Later Kings. Later,
1: <laughs> after their, their hits yeah. kind of died out, they kept cranking out <laughs> albums, and I loved every one of them. People looked at me like, yeah, you're, you're out of your mind. <laughs> but no, Ray Davies was a great songwriter, and I just loved the quirkiness of that That's band. That's the
0: word to describe it, too. Quirky. Nobody's mentioned Bob Dylan. I know. I I know. We
1: have to mention Bob Dylan in this. He is, you know, he's
0: our, in a sense, he's our, our lodestar, and we still listen to Bob Dylan.
2: And and there are a whole bunch of songs he made that other people sang, right? Blowing in the wind. Absolutely.
1: All along the watchtower. Almost everything he wrote, somebody else covered better than he
0: did, honestly. (laughs) Everybody covered things better than he did.
2: (laughs) But
1: what a brilliant songwriter he was. He's
0: a Nobel Poet Laureate, right?
1: Yeah, we we couldn't have done this show without Bob Dylan.
0: I'm glad you brought it up, Gary. i
2: got to say that we've got to bow to some of the great women artists. I think Joni Mitchell and Carol King are just supreme songwriters and performers.
1: Let's not forget... The black music from oh. that time, Motown music, exactly, Supremes. Uh, Aretha Franklin, the Supremes, oh. the Four, the tops. Temptations, I mean, that,
2: the Temptations, Otis Redding, Motown. Wilson Wilson Pickett, Smokey Robinson, Incredible Marvin stuff. Gay. all of them.
1: We shouldn't forget that the '60s wasn't just about one kind of music. It was rock music. It was mm-hmm. soul. It was pop. It was jazz. It was singer-songwriter stuff before anybody knew what that was. You know, Joni Mitchell and Bob Dylan are essentially singer-songwriters. As always, (laughs) when when we talk about this kind of music, I just get overwhelmed realizing how much was there, how much we got uh, culturally from music.
2: It's wonderful, and it blows me away. It's also funny that all of our access was over the
0: radio, well, no, that's the interesting thing. If you go back and look at our access, how it changed. I mean, in the early 60s, we listened on the radio. And then you got a little bit older, you might have bought a record player. And then you got a stereo. And then you got uh, eight track cartridges. And then you got the cassettes and CD players. So over the years, our method of listening has become more selective. We could choose what we wanted to hear. When you're listening on the radio, you just listened and listened and waited right. for your favorite song to show up. That's right.
1: Guys, we had fun with this. Campers out there, I'm sure you're going to send us a comment telling us why we didn't mention your favorite band. So please do that. I want us to have a mailbag full of great bands and musical artists that we forgot to mention. I will apologize in advance. You're right. We didn't mention everybody. (laughs) But we had so much fun with this topic. Our time is up. Thanks so much for joining us at camp.
0: And I'm going to add a little bit. There are campers out there who know an order of magnitude more than all of us combined about music. Please be patient with us. <laughs> we know we're ignorant. <laughs> just, just accept the fact that we enjoyed talking about the music that was important to us.
1: This was meant to be fun. And if we messed something up, let us know.
0: Join us next week when we let you in on those aches and pains that we mentioned in the opening of last week's episode. All is well, we're just getting older. And for all you hardcore Dylan fans out there, we do love his music, and his singing really isn't that bad. Maybe you could call his voice iconic. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to Camp Codger on your favorite podcast app or sign up at campcodger.com.